Welcome to WTTS In Conversation. I'm Matt Pelser. When you've got extra time, you use it, right? And upon reading what happened during post-production on the War on Drugs new album, I Don't Live Here Anymore, it was done, then it was mastered, and then Adam and producer Sean Everett went back and did some more work on it. I wanted to know what made them decide to do that, because usually when it goes to the mastering engineer, that's it. It's done. But COVID gave them extra time, so I thought there'd be a good story there. Well, I finally got a chance to ask him about that. We also talk about working with the pop band Lucius on the title track and the new member out on tour with him. And he addresses the rumors that he's drinking again. Spoiler alert, he's not. It's WTTS In Conversation with War on Drugs frontman Adam Grandusile. Man, we like to say that we have the nicest audience in radio. Our listeners are just laid-back music fans with, with nothing but good things to say. But I got to tell you, I have fielded more positive calls and comments on I Don't Live Here Anymore than any new song that we've played over the last year. I just wanted to tell you that you got a lot of longtime fans loving the new stuff and a lot of new fans here in Indiana. That is, you know, that is, um, that's amazing. We love our fans, you know, and uh, <laughs> we're on tour right now and we get to see them every night. And um, it's great to be able to play songs from 2009 mixed with our new stuff and you know it, it just and everyone seems to enjoy it and it's great it seems so like the shows amazing, are, that's amazing to hear thank you yeah yeah well it seems like the shows are going pretty well so far i mean you just got going on i want to dig into the new song though when i first heard it i was like who is that in the background that's jess and holly from lucius of course what a yeah. great addition to the song how do you know them i know them because they make their records as lucius uh they made a couple with sean everett who i made the last two records with yeah in los yeah. angeles and we're friends and they, they, they sang a little bit on the la on the deeper understanding. Um, I was not, I did not know the girls, but I knew their music. And Sean was like, I was like, Oh, we should get some background singers or something for this. Song. It was on pain. And, um, he was like, Oh, let's, let me just call Jess and Holly. So they came over and we became quick friends just because they're so funny and hilarious. And I felt like I knew Jess since I was, you know, in grade school or something. So we just hit it off. And then, we just stayed friends. And like, so for this record, the same kind of thing. It was just a one day where I was like, I should have the girls come over and I have this idea. And it was originally on that song. It was just for, um, and I don't live here anymore. I didn't really know what I wanted them to do, but we just kind of started feeling it out. And they started putting some like oohs and ahs. These are really pretty pads down. And then it was kind of at the end of the session. It was just instrumental by that point. My vocals weren't on it. I hadn't done my vocals yet. And um, I was like, you know what? In this chorus part, I was like, I think I might sing these lyrics like this. You know what I mean? And I was kind of like, oh, I was just walking through. You know, I was like, this is kind of an idea. I was like, I haven't done it yet, but maybe if you sing it like that, you know, and if I change the lyrics, then we'll figure that out later. And so they did it. And obviously they are so powerful. You know what I yeah. mean? Like they're singing. And then so when I was doing my vocals like a week or two later, and I and, and those lines came in and they came in behind me with those lines. I, I immediately knew, even though the song was like, it wasn't, it didn't sound as good as it did when we finished it. It was still in its infant stages, but I just knew that that moment was like something that we hadn't really done before in a record. And I was really excited to just play it for my friends and be like, dude, this song's going to be so sweet. And, <laughs> and that was all before the pandemic. So we basically had another, whatever, 16 months um of working on that one but yeah that, i mean those girls like they're so in tune with each other that it's like it's so fun because they come in and they 
they just know how to do their thing, you know, and they're just so versatile and it makes it very musical, like very quick. It's, it's a shame we can't do more. Th- it's like with the pandemic, it's hard to have, you know, like to have them come do shows with everything right now. But hopefully at some point in this touring cycle, we can do some shows with them because um, we did that live stream and they sang on like three songs of ours. Mm. And I was like, oh man, I could see how it's like adding a keyboard, you know, it's like adding like a synthesizer. Totally. It makes so Pretty much awesome. sense now that you now that you say that that kind of came first before your final vocal, man. Because it just the enhancement. It's it's almost like it improved your performance. Yeah, when I did the line and they came in behind me, it was like something I had like as a singer. It's like, oh my god, this is what it must feel like to sing with like really powerful, <laughs> confident singers. You know what I mean? It's really really special. So yeah, they're awesome. I want to dig into the saga of this record, and it does seem like quite a saga. Three years, I mean, it's not uncommon to take your time on an album, but what gets me is you mixed it and then mastered it, which is like the very last step, But and, and there's, it's not like there's no going back after that, but typically that's the end of the line, and then you want another crack at it. Can you walk me through what was going on? It was basically, you know, we, we worked, Sean and I, you know, you mix it, you're like, okay, we're mixing, and then this feels done, and then when we sent it off to mastering, it's like a weird, like, it's easy to look back now and make sense of the moment, you know? Yeah. But in the moment, it doesn't make, there's a lot of different factors. And like, it was never about like the actual mastering, like Greg Calby, who's the mat, like he's world-class mastering guy. And he sure. mastered our last two records. And he, it wasn't, it like sounded incredible. Like the stuff he did, the master, the first in the third master sounded incredible. But I think me and Sean were just like, we thought there was like one more level of like excavation or something, you know, mm-hmm. because I was actually, I had been gone up to Portland, Oregon for a few months because my partner and baby were living up there while she worked. So I was kind of like not in LA anymore for two months and I was approving the masters and, and I was kind of like, yeah, I think it's fine, but I, w- I didn't want to be the one to be like print it. But, and I was waiting for Sean to like respond to some emails, but I know he was busy. So everyone was like, we kind of need to know. And I was like, well, Sean, you know, Sean said he's going to get back to us on some notes. And, you know, to Sean's credit, he was the one that like we were talking on the phone like every day. And he was like, yeah, I don't know, man. He's like, I'm not sure if like, I feel like we can make a few tweaks. And I was like, yeah, I was like, dude, totally. I was like, I'll fly down. You know, he's a busy guy. So I was like, I'll fly down tomorrow night and let's just make those tiny you know, every song had like one tiny tweak, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and or like one little idea that you wanted to do that you didn't get to do. Like, like at the beginning of Victim, that song was like all these tape loops. And I always wanted to have that sound of the tape starting yeah, because that's how we did it. And like we found that actual sound from the session and put it in. It was just like these little things that and there was some stuff in Harmonious Dream. And there was like every song had like a tiny little change. So we just spent like a nine hour kind of marathon session and I was doing some extra guitar things, like just an amazing nine hour session of like last minute tweaks. And it was just, I think it just gave Sean and I that feeling of finality that we were in control of the destiny of this thing that we'd worked on together, you know, and that like the little tweaks, although somebody might not notice them, it felt like to us, like we were able to kind of in Sean's, um, words like finish it the way we wanted to you know totally and um and some of the stuff on the record most of it is greg's masters um and then there's a one or two where we just used the mix 
because it just like Sean mixes so loud anyway. It just felt like the mix had everything about it. And then also in that crazy session, we were like merging mixes together. So we were like, actually, I love the beginning of this one, but by the end, so we were like taking two or three different mixes and splicing them together and creating the master. So you would actually, I think if you actually heard the version before, you'd probably be able to tell that there's something about the newer one that just felt a little bit more classic. Like it just felt like it wasn't like it had some rough edges and we liked that. And um, just one of those things where you have the time and we were just like, let's just make a few tweaks, you know? And I mean, I'm fortunate that Atlantic was, they weren't like, no, you, you know, they were like, cool, just finish, do whatever you need to do. And everything got pushed basically a few months because you push everything one month becomes three months, but everyone was, I never even heard a word about it. So just one of those things. I feel like you work on something with a friend for so long and you just kind of want to feel like the place that you're finally approving it is in the place where you sat for three years, you know, on Sean's speakers. And so, yeah, it was cool. It's a cool memory to have too with about the way that record finished up. And it seems like it really paid off. I mean, and seems like the album's doing great and you're out playing shows. Seems like you're having a great time. Uh, I saw the review on the, what was it? The Pittsburgh show the other night. Does it feel different now in this post-COVID world, having kind of been away from the stage for so long? Do you feel like it's taken longer to ramp back up, or were you just so eager that you fell right back into it? How's that feel? Dude, I mean, we like we've been rehearsing. I've never had more fun in my life. Yeah. I always have fun when I'm playing shows, but sometimes maybe you wouldn't be able to tell. But this time around, it's like I just feel like everybody that's there wants to be there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because yeah. of like, it makes a difference. People are, yeah. It's like, people are just like, maybe it's the first show they've seen in two years. Maybe they chose this show over some other show next week, you know, because maybe they don't, whatever. Like, I just feel like everyone who's there wants to be there. There's like um, something where just like an equalizer or something where I'm just like, we're just out on the road, like living this crazy post COVID tour bubble thing. Like we're just so, so happy to be playing. And we sound great because we've been rehearsing since July. And so we're like, basically from the, you know, usually you go on tour and you rehearse for a week. And then by the end of the first tour, you're finally like, okay, we finally kind of figured out these newer songs, but we haven't really had a dud yet because we've just been so prepared and it's just been a blast. And the, the, the fans have been amazing and we're playing for, you know, two hours and 20 minutes every night. And it's, it's, you know, we're building our, our show, you know, like learning these, playing these new songs that we're confident in, but still trying to figure out like what parts of our catalog, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. We have a lot of songs to choose from. We're doing two nights in a lot of places. So it's been a true, like, it's just been a real blast and I'm having a blast. Like I think I've seen some reviews where people are like, Oh, Adam was liquored up. Cause like I was having so much fun, but I was like, dude, I don't drink. I'm just having a blast, man. I'm like, cause it's like, I don't know. I just feel like everyone, you know, there's maybe there used to be like a competitive thing or you felt like you had to prove yourself or you just the way I am. I was like, you know, before the pandemic, I'd think that everyone was bored. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And I had to like prove it. And now I'm just like, there's just a, a, a realization. It's just like, man, everyone who's here wants to be here. And, you know, they're all excited to see the band. And, and so we're having a, a ton of fun and um, can't wait to keep go keep it going all year. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it, how do you feel like it's going to evolve? I, 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 when I ask people this, you never know what you're going to get, but it seems like you got a handle on the way a tour evolves. And especially when you come 
back to it after having been gone for so long. What do you think happens between now and when you get to Indy here in in June uh, to kind of develop or evolve the set? I think it's just because we've added, everyone is still like as confident as we are with the new stuff. I feel like everyone is still kind of refining little bits and pieces every night. So it's always a subtle refinement. And we've added a seventh member, actually, our friend Eliza Jones from Philly, who we've known forever. She's an amazing singer and multi-instrumentalist. She's with us now. So that's a whole other element of like having more vocals and she's she can play all sorts of things. So it really, it's like an extra set of hands on certain songs. It's like the difference between being able to play it and not being able to play it. You know, having that one more set of hands just to hold down like a, a simple part. So that having her is really exciting because it really frees everybody up to kind of play in a style that I think they really enjoy to play. But yeah, I mean, I think by the time we get to indie, it's just going to be even more dialed in, I think, than it is now. But we're having a blast. I mean, you know, we play a lot of the new record. We play a lot of last Lost three. Dream, right? play, yeah, we play a lot of the last three. We've been playing a lot from Slave Ambient here and there, especially yeah. on two on double night stands. It's fun to just grab a cover, learn it in soundcheck, and play it, or you know, learn something from Slave Ambient and play it. It's great. Adam Grain to Seal, War on Drugs, the new records. I don't live here anymore. You're playing the gorgeous TCU Amphitheater, White River State Park in Indy, June 8th. Going to be a great I night can't for wait. show. Man, I'm looking forward to it. You're looking forward to it. Thank you so much for your time, Adam. Yeah, thank you. I really appreciate it. This has been WTTS In Conversation. Subscribe to this podcast and find more at WTTSFM.com where you can also stream us. I'm on every weekday morning. Follow WTTS on socials at WTTSFM. I'm at Matt Pelser Radio. Back again in a couple weeks. Talk to you then.